Conclusion of Mutual Aid, a Factor of Evolution This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Enko Mutual Aid, a Factor of Evolution by Peter Kropotkin Conclusion If we take now the teachings which can be borrowed from the analysis of modern society in connection with the body of evidence relative to the importance of mutual aid in the evolution of the animal world and of mankind, we may sum up our inquiry as follows. In the animal world, we have seen that the vast majority of species live in societies and that they find in association the best arms for the struggle for life understood of course in its wide darwinian sense not as a struggle for the sheer means of existence but as a struggle against all natural conditions unfavourable to the species the animal species in which individual struggle has been reduced to its narrowest limits and the practice of mutual aid has attained the greatest development and invariably the most numerous the most prosperous and the most open to further progress the mutual protection which is obtained in this case the possibility of attaining all age and of accumulating experience the higher intellectual development and the further growth of sociable habits secure the maintenance of a species its extension and its further progressive evolution the unsociable species on the contrary are doomed to decay going next over to man we found him living in clans and tribes at the very dawn of the stone age we saw a wide series of social institutions developed already in the lower savage stage in the clan and the tribe and we found that the earliest tribal customs and habits gave to mankind the embryo of all the institutions which made later on the leading aspects of further progress out of the savage tribe grew up the barbarian village community and a new still wider circle of social customs habits and institutions numbers of which are still alive among ourselves was developed under the principles of common possession of a given territory and common defence of it under the jurisdiction of the village folk mode and in the federation of villages belonging or supposed to belong to one stem and when new requirements induced men to make a new start they made it in the city which represented a double network of territorial units Open bracket, village communities close bracket, connected with guilds these latter arising out of the common prosecution of a given art or craft or for mutual support and defence and finally in the last two chapters facts were produced to show that although the growth of the state on the pattern of imperial rome had put a violent end to all medieval institutions for mutual support this new aspect of civilization could not last the state based upon loose aggregations of individuals and undertaking to be their only of union did not answer its purpose the mutual aid tendency finally broke down its iron rules it reappeared and reasserted itself in an infinity of associations which now tend to embrace all aspects of life and to take possession of all that is required by men for life and for reproducing the waste occasioned by life it will probably be remarked that mutual aid even though it may represent one of the factors of evolution covers nevertheless one aspect only of human relations that by the side of this current powerful though it may be there is and always has been the overcurrent the self-assertion of the individual not only in its efforts to attain personal or caste superiority economical political and spiritual but also in its much more important although less evident function of breaking through the bonds always prone to become crystallized which the tribe the village community the city and the state impose upon the individual 
in other words there is the self-assertion of the individual taken as a progressive element it is evident that no review of evolution can be complete unless these two dominant currents are analyzed however the self-assertion of the individual or of groups of individuals their struggles for superiority and the conflicts which resulted therefrom have already been analyzed described and glorified from time immemorial in fact up to the present time this current alone has received attention from the epical poet the analyst the historian and the sociologist history such as it has hitherto been written is almost entirely a description of the ways and means by which theocracy military power autocracy and later on the richer classes rule have been promoted established and maintained the struggles between these forces make in fact the substance of history we may thus take the knowledge of the individual factor in human history as granted even though there is full room for a new study of the subject on the lines just alluded to while on the other side the mutual aid factor has been hitherto totally lost sight of it was simply denied or even scoffed at by the writers of the present and past generation it was therefore necessary to show first of all the immense part which this factor plays in the evolution of both the animal world and human societies only after this has been fully recognized will it be possible to proceed to a comparison between the two factors to make even a rough estimate of their relative importance by any method more or less statistical is evidently impossible one single war we all know may be productive of more evil immediate and subsequent than hundreds of years of the unchecked action of the mutual aid principle may be productive of good but when we see that in the animal world progressive development and mutual aid go hand in hand while the inner struggle within the species is concomitant with retrogressive development when we notice that with men even success in struggle and war is proportionate to the development of mutual aid in each of the two conflicting nations cities parties or tribes and that in the process of evolution war itself open bracket so far as it can go this way close bracket has been made subservient to the ends of progress in mutual aid within the nation the city or the clan we already obtain a perception of the dominating influence of the mutual aid factor as an element of progress but we see also that the practice of mutual aid and its successive developments have created the very conditions of society life in which man was enabled to develop his arts knowledge and intelligence and that the periods when institutions based on the mutual aid tendency took their greatest development were also the periods of the greatest progress in arts industry and science in fact the study of the inner life of the medieval city and of the ancient greek cities reveals the fact that the combination of mutual aid as it was practiced within the guild and the greek clan with a large initiative which was left to the individual and the group by means of the federative principle gave to mankind the two greatest periods of its history the ancient greek city and the medieval city periods while the ruin of the above institutions during the state periods of history which followed corresponded in both cases to a rapid decay as to the sudden industrial progress which has been achieved during our own century and which is usually ascribed to the triumph of individualism and competition it certainly has a much deeper origin than that once the great discoveries of the fifteenth century were made especially that of the pressure of the atmosphere supported by a series of advances in natural philosophy and they were made under the medieval city organization once these discoveries were made the invention of a steam motor and all the revolution which the 
conquest of a new power implied had necessarily to follow if the medieval cities had lived to bring the discoveries to that point the ethical consequences of the revolution effected by steam might have been different but the same revolution in techniques and science would have inevitably taken place it remains indeed an open question whether the general decay of industries which followed the ruin of the free cities and was especially noticeable in the first part of the eighteenth century did not considerably retard the appearance of the steam engine as well as the consequent revolution in arts when we consider the astounding rapidity of industrial progress from the twelfth to the fifteenth centuries in weaving working of metals architecture and navigation and ponder over the scientific discoveries which that industrial progress led to at the end of the fifteenth century we must ask ourselves whether mankind was not delayed in its taking full advantage of this conquest when a general depression of arts and industries took place in europe after the decay of medieval civilization surely it was not the disappearance of the artist artisan nor the ruin of large cities and the extinction of intercourse between them which could favour the industrial revolution and we know indeed that james watt spent twenty or more years of his life in order to render his invention serviceable because he could not find in the last century what he would have readily found in medieval florence or bruges that is the artisans capable of realizing his devices in metal and of giving them the artistic finish and precision which the steam engine requires to attribute therefore the industrial progress of our century to the war of each against all which it has proclaimed is to reason like the man who knowing not the causes of rain attributes it to the victim he has immolated before his clay idol for industrial progress as for each other conquest over nature mutual aid and close intercourse certainly are as they have been much more advantageous than mutual struggle however it is especially in the domain of ethics that the dominating importance of the mutual aid principle appears in full that mutual aid is the real foundation of our ethical conceptions seems evident enough but whatever the opinions as to the first origin of the mutual aid feeling or instinct may be whether a biological or a supernatural cause is ascribed to it we must trace its existence as far back as to the lowest stages of the animal world and from these stages we can follow its uninterrupted evolution in opposition to a number of contrary agencies through all degrees of human development up to the present times even the new religions which were born from time to time always at epochs when the mutual aid principle was falling into decay in the theocracies and despotic states of the east or at the decline of the roman empire even the new religions have only reaffirmed that same principle they found their first supporters among the humble in the lowest downtrodden layers of society where the mutual aid principle is the necessary foundation of everyday life and the new forms of union which were introduced in the earliest buddhist and christian communities in the moravian brotherhoods and so on took the character of a return to the best aspects of mutual aid in early tribal life each time however that an attempt to return to this old principle was made its fundamental idea itself was widened from the clan it was extended to the stem to the federation of stems to the nation and finally in ideal at least to the whole of mankind it was also refined at the same time in primitive buddhism in primitive christianity in the writings of some of the musulman teachers in the early movements of the reform and especially in the ethical and philosophical movements of the last century and of our own times the total abandonment of the idea of revenge 
or of due reward of good for good and evil for evil is affirmed more and more vigorously the higher conception of no revenge for wrongs and of freely giving more than one expects to receive from his neighbours is proclaimed as being the real principle of morality a principle superior to mere equivalence equity or justice and more conducive to happiness and man is appealed to be guided in his acts not merely by love which is always personal or at the best tribal but by the perception of his oneness with each human being in the practice of mutual aid which we can retrace to the earliest beginnings of evolution we thus find the positive and undoubted origin of our ethical conceptions and we can affirm that in the ethical progress of man mutual support not mutual struggle has had the leading part in its wide extension even at the present time we also see the best guarantee of a still loftier evolution of our race end of conclusion recording by enko end of mutual aid a factor of evolution by peter kropotkin